The nation's medicine cabinet has never been so full, thanks to innovative treatments developed by manufacturers. As drug prices rise, payers put up more barriers to access and require patients to shoulder more of the costs. While manufacturers have programs to address these issues, it's clear the current system is not sustainable. But what does the future of access look like? Well, let's try to answer that question on another episode of the Prescription for Better Access podcast, co-hosted by Mark Hansen and Dr. Scott Howell. Scott, you ready to do this podcast? Hey, Mark, you bet I am. All right. Well, great. So this is uh, sort of episode zero. They get a chance to learn about you and I. Why should anybody listen to a podcast that's co-hosted by you and I? Yeah, well, the good news is today's probably the only day it'll be that way. As you know, the focus uh, going forward is going to be spending time with uh, guests that we'll be speaking to. I mean, I think you're right. We're going to have some great guests that are going to be on the show, but but we also have a real expert co-host in you. So can you give us a little bit about your background? Yeah, sure, Mark. So as you know, I started my career as a physician. I was a general internist. I was in clinical medicine for about a decade. And I experienced, you know, through that lens, the challenges that patients and doctors and practices and really everyone has in navigating healthcare. And I, I got interested in it and ended up deciding that I wanted to work on it. And I went back to school and got an MBA and kind of went from there. Well, that's great. And then how did you get into working with manufacturers? Well, at the time I was had been on the faculty at Ohio State, and I was running a small captive health plan there. And I got recruited by an account manager from SmithKline Beecham, who used to call on me there. They were starting a new division in managed care, learning themselves how to navigate these new constructs called formularies and rebates and all that that went with it. And they wanted to recruit a physician specifically who had been working in managed care to help them think about that and do that. Well, that's great. But you also have some experience with a managed care partner, right? Yeah. So I was at SmithKline Beecham and went through the merger and became GlaxoSmithKline for a number of years. I transitioned from a medical affairs roles over to the business to national account team leadership. Got to know a bunch of the execs at insurance companies around the country and got to see what they were working on and ended up being recruited by one of them actually to go back and work in managed care and in, in pharmacy again. Well, that's great. And then how did you transition over to Genentech? Right. So I was at Highmark helping them launch their Part D program and build out their own specialty pharmacy platform and a number of other things. And a friend of mine from GSK had been recruited to Genentech just as they were starting to go through all of their big growth in the specialty and oncology areas to lead their market access function. And so he called me up and, and recruited me out, and we went out and, and joined and had the chance to learn about specialty and oncology businesses as well. Boy, that must have been quite the experience. Yeah, it was great. As you know, there was just tremendous growth going on there. There were some fantastic products being brought to the market as well. I got to participate initially helping them run their channel management and contracting, customer operations, some things like that. But eventually, as you know, I got to run their patient services programs. And uh, Genentech, those were very important programs there. As you'll recall, they were one of the first companies to invest in those programs and to run them themselves. They were a real point of pride. And it was a great chance for me to be part of a team that was making a difference, a real difference that you could feel every day with patients. Yeah, that's incredible. I think they were the, the granddaddy of them all, sort of the first program back to their days with Protropin. 
Yeah, that's right. Those were great times, and I enjoyed it uh, immensely. I went on to continue to work in patient services in the manufacturer services department at Cardinal Health. And then from there, I got to work at a rare and orphan disease company, again, in market access at Jazz Pharmaceuticals. And then uh, finally was recruited to Novartis, which I think of as kind of an all-of-the-above category kind of pharmaceutical company, where I led U.S. market access for a number of years and then became chief strategy officer for them for the U.S. And along the way, you're a bit of an academic, aren't you? (laughs) Yes, I'm a little bit of a closet academic. (laughs) You're right. I've had the good fortune to befriend some professors at UC Berkeley. So I've been doing guest lecturing with them and some research and writing as well for about the last 15 years. The focus on all of it really has been primarily the drug access system in the U.S. Well, I got to say, I just loved your 2021 article in Health Affairs. And to me, it was the first just groundbreaking article that sort of attempted to measure the economic impact of all of the drug utilization management programs and the impact on all the stakeholders. It really was fantastic. Well, thanks, Mark. As you know, we've got an extraordinarily complicated system to navigate. And as we were out talking with folks and thinking about ways that it could be made better, we were often asked how expensive it was to navigate. And there really, there wasn't any data out there on on it. And so we were, I think, the first probably to try to put that together. And it's a shockingly large number, over $100 billion a year in excess cost in navigating this very complicated system that we've built together. We we went on from there and we, as you know, we published a number of research articles in health affairs, in JAMA and some other places as well, all about this intersection of drug pricing and access. Well, I can say that it'll be great to have a co-host who really is an expert. So that's exciting that you're going to do this with me. Well, thanks. I appreciate that, Mark, but you're no slouch yourself. You're considered a real pioneer in, in this industry around patient services. So what's your story? Well, I mean, I guess it first means that we're older, right? So we've been doing this a long time. But for me, I got lucky, you know, joined the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation right out of college, started working with Bob Dressing, who was, uh, had taken over as the president and CEO. He was a parent of a son with CF and, and, and an entrepreneur in his own right. So really just got lucky to be able to join the foundation and do some exciting things. Yeah, those were early days, and you guys really did some great work there. Well, we were really, really proud of what we achieved. You know, we, most of what we did was raise money to fund research. We funded great researchers like Francis Collins, who's had this incredible career. But we also started funding biotech companies, which doesn't get a lot of discussion, but products that even like Vertex today, a lot of that research came from the CF Foundation work that was done. And so we tried to do a lot, but this was also a time when pharmacies, home infusion companies were charging whatever they could get away with for the drugs that the patients need. They were just charging some outrageous costs. And so this hurt the patients because this was also the time of HMOs and the time of lifetime maximums. Yeah, I remember those days pretty well. Lifetime maximums, wow. Yeah, so it started to really impact the patients. And the closer we got to the patients, the more we realized we had to do something to help. So we started a pharmacy and really became advocates for patients. And So this involved, in some cases, helping to get patients covered, which was a big deal. At the time we took over, the uninsured rate for CF patients was over 16%. 
and we got that below 2%. So we we're really proud of that. But if they did have insurance, we spent a lot of our time fighting the insurance carriers for coverage. And then if they couldn't get insurance, then we really worked with PMA. Back then they were called PMA. Now they're called Pharma, the trade group, to ensure that there were patient assistance programs. In fact, PMA came out with their first pamphlet back when people came out with pamphlets and brochures. And it was dedicated to Bob for his leadership in making PAP programs a requirement for manufacturers. Yeah, it's quite an honor and it was uh, well-deserved. And what was your role during that time, Mark? Well, I had risen to be the chief operating officer of the National Foundation, so I had an opportunity to work across all areas. But over time, I took on the pharmacy. I literally started to work full-time for the pharmacy operations, leading that because we were having more and more opportunities to work with manufacturers. We had a chance to launch some of the drugs for cystic fibrosis, including Homozyme, which came out of Genentech. So, and this experience is what led to Bob Dressen and I leaving the foundation and eventually starting uh, Faricom. Yeah, which obviously was one of the early hub companies. Yeah, even though we didn't know there was a name to our industry, but we were just trying to help manufacturers support their patients and, again, continue this, this sort of dedication to and commitment to seeing what we could do to make a difference for patients. And so we were fortunate. You know, we started working and launching other sort of rare specialty drugs. And then after time, Advanced PCS, which was one of the original PBMs, came in and acquired us. And we stayed with them for three great years, growing the business and making a difference for even thousands and thousands of patients. But then Advanced PCS was bought by Caremark, if people might remember that. And Bob and I left and we had a long non-compete. And then we started CareMedics over a decade ago. Yeah, fantastic. And that's been quite a story there as well. Yeah, we're really proud of what we've done. We've really tried to be sort of a tech-focused hub company. But this summer, I transitioned out of the CEO role and uh, moved into an executive chairman role. So this actually left me with a lot more time on my hands. And so I started listening to more of the industry podcasts. And I think it was pretty clear that there are some great patient podcasts or great healthcare podcasts out there. But there didn't seem to be any that focused on sort of our intersection, you know, the intersection of manufacturers, payers, the provider community, the specialty pharmacies, and especially the patients themselves. Yeah, I agree. And as we both agree, there's a big need to change that current system as well. There's lots of evidence of that. And you can see it certainly in the health affairs article that we wrote that you mentioned earlier with all the expense being one of the challenges. My belief really is that the system we've all created together now has become unsustainable. Well, I totally agree. And that's the purpose of this podcast, right? I mean, we named it a prescription for better access for a reason, because we, I think you and I agree, there's an opportunity to, to really ensure that there's some new ideas. So from my point of view, there's just so much going on in the drug pipeline, some incredible drugs that are in development to treat and even cure disease that I think we have a, a big responsibility with this podcast. Yeah, I agree. The science has never been better. And the irony now is the access has never been more challenging. So I, I agree. It's super important to get to work, to start a dialogue with others, hopefully a collective effort to move the entire industry towards some new ideas that will eliminate some of those barriers and some of the complexity and help patients get the access to the medicines that they need. Yeah, I think it's all about a dialogue. I think we're going to have some great guests that we can bring on and get their perspectives. Who are you looking forward to interviewing? 
We're not quite ready to name names yet, but I would say generally, we're looking forward to having guests from all different aspects of the industry. I know we both agree that it's important for us not to push an agenda ourselves, but rather to ensure that we get guests with different experiences and perspectives and get a chance to listen to them. Oh, I agree. I agree. This is, you know, I think it's also, in addition to sort of having, not having an, an agenda and driving an agenda, I think it's important that this is also not a commercial podcast. I don't like going to conferences when you attend a session and you're hoping to learn something and all they're doing is giving a commercial for their business. So that's not what this is about. This is really an industry podcast. It's going to focus on how we move everybody forward because again, like you said, it's, it's, we've reached the point where the current system today is unsustainable. So we need some new ideas. So what do you think are some of the ideas we should be exploring further this year? Well, I think it'll be important early on to set up the year and set up the podcast with some good topics. I know an outlook for the year is always timely in January with folks changing insurance and having to recertify everything. So I know we're both looking forward to that. As a former physician, I always enjoy speaking with patients directly. And I know we have several sessions planned where we will be speaking with patients and with patient advocates also. And then obviously, you know, with a a focus on starting a movement and creating change and better access, we're trying to do something different here or work with others to do something different here. And so I'm looking forward to talking with a variety of folks from industry that may have some fresh ideas. I think Medics is a group that I would put into that category, but there are others too. Are there any that come to your mind, Mark? Well, I think the there are a lot of exciting technology companies out there. There are a lot of people doing a lot of new things. I think we all continue to be focused on improving the patient access by speeding it up, right? I think there's things going on in Washington just recently that the rules for prior authorization and other things, the Infl- Inflation Reduction Act that is going to roll out. There's so much going on. I think that collectively we continue to see more dollars that are going to invest in new ideas, new businesses that will help push everybody forward. And one of the things I'm also excited about is getting closer to the physician community, because on a personal level, this is something near and dear to my heart right now. So have a family member battling cancer and you just realize how difficult it is. And so I'm looking forward to getting the provider group community, hearing from them, because, you know, these patients who are getting the worst news possible that they have something, cancer or other rare disease, and then they're told that it could be three, four weeks before they could start therapy. I think we could all do a better job. So I'm so excited about exploring that. Good. Me too. I think it's going to be fun. We're going to get a chance to talk to a variety of folks, as we've just been mentioning, from the patient services industry, from insurers and PBMs, from the regulatory aspect, which is so important, from the manufacturers, from the physician practices as well. And I'm sure there'll be lots of others that we'll get a chance to talk to along the way. So I'm, I'm really excited and I'm looking forward to our journey ahead. Well, me too. And I love the fact that we're going we're gonna to end every episode with asking all of our guests the same question, which is, what is their prescription for better access? And let's see if we can start to get some, some really great ideas and, and be able to move things forward. So I'm so excited about this as well and looking forward to co-hosting with you as we go on this uh, journey together. Yeah, me too. Let's get started. All right. Excited. Let's go. Join co-hosts Mark Hansen and Dr. Scott Howe as they launch the Prescription for Better Access 
podcast. The podcast will be available on Spotify, Apple, Google, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email Mark and Scott at comments at prescriptionforbetteraccess.com. Thank you.